1: Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome to the Vice Magazine Podcast, your definitive guide to enlightening information. For the second installment of our music issue coverage we're highlighting a young collective known as the Pink Room Project who are pushing the musical legacy of New Orleans into the future. The Pink Room Project, otherwise known as The Pink, is an artist collective founded by New Orleans natives Keith Cavalier, who's a 29-year-old producer known as Little Jodeci, and Brandon Erez, a 25-year-old rapper. They host monthly parties and weekly DJ nights across the city that span a number of genres, from bounce to rap to house music. Lawrence Burney, staff writer at Noisy, went down to New Orleans this past August to hang out with the founders and write about their collective for the music issue. Here he is in conversation with some of its members.
0: So yeah, right now at Vice Vice HQ, we got Lil' Jodeci, Rick 50, Brandon Aries, and Ives, all from the Pink Room, all from New Orleans. So yeah, if you guys could just say say what's up for a second.
2: Uh Lil Joe does he checking in.
3: Rick fifty. What's, what's <laughs> up? Welcome to Joe Swell. Brandon Harris.
0: If if you guys could kinda go in to telling me what the Pink Room Project exactly is, is it is it a is it a musical group? Is it a community? Is it just a, a collective? What what exactly is the Pink Room?
4: If you feel some way, cause I don't give a fuck if you do. If you feel some way. If you feel some way. If you feel some way, cause I don't give a fuck if you do. If you feel some way.
3: You live a lie, bitch.
2: It's a collective. It's a community. I mean, it's 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 all inclusive. Um. It was just like everybody bringing in their, their talents to the table, and we uh, we was I was throwing parties, and me and Brandon saw that the parties was getting bigger, so we just took it to the next level, and created a vibe. We wanted to come up with something that was that we could. Give the people like as a whole, like as a unit, without just being individuals. But like the point of this is like everybody being an individual and being inclusive. It's, so it's not like we're a boy band or like Maroon 5 or something like right. that. You know what I mean? We like, we like, everybody does their own thing. Right. And then we like, we, we get together like Megatron and you know what I'm saying? uh what's the Captain Planet. You like okay. all five of us get together. Right. Then we one thing as the pink one, but right. we all do our own thing. You feel some way.
0: So Brandon, when when did you and Kev when did you and Kev meet? It's kind
4: of ironic because like we actually went to the same school like back in high school, but I didn't know him at the time. And uh, I met him once I moved back to the city because I was like kind of like had to move around from like Katrina and stuff like that. So I was like kind of removed from the city for a bit. And then once I actually came back. When I started going to... He had, like, something called the dojo. I was going to that. Um, and he was bringing all type of artists together that was, like, just outside of, like, what the, uh, like, normalcy of, like, what New Orleans is known for. And so it was, like, kind of, like, the breeding grounds of, like, what's going on now. And, like, we kind of just linked. I just remember one night, I came over that. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> we like playing big music and I was like living out my car at the time and I was like yo I got over to go I was like I can just sleep in my car outside and it was like yo you can you sleep in here so it's cool like, but you gotta be out this bitch in like two days Right. so <laughs> here, we, here we are three yeah, years later now it's like almost three years
2: <laughs> yeah. I wonder why I can see the sky I really don't care if I live or die these niggas out here just think they fly if they want it, they could get it Bruh. I really don't got much to lose tonight Don't come to my city, I get tough 12 dreadhead niggas can call you bluff They want all the cheese, all the sauce They want all the bread, all the cross They'll do happy and do the hustler Beanie weenie on you, motherfucker man. What was
0: New Orleans like before the pink room? What you say is... Would you provide to the city now that didn't exist at all in New Orleans before, or was it starting to happen? Or
2: I mean, nobody, no one individual can take the credit for what's going on now because they got pockets of shit that's happening. But put it like this: after after Katrina, people was thirsty for something to happen, but no one knew how to do it, and then everyone was just like trying to find a pocket of their own. To ask you a question, the scene was, it wasn't like it is now when you came down there. You know what I mean? It was just, a, it was, when he came to the dojos, it was, we probably had what, 50, 60 people yeah, in the room? Maximum.
0: You know what yeah. I mean? when I was down there, it was, that house in the Seven Water felt like at least 300. Yeah. 200, that. 300, it was a lot. But what would you say, Um, what, what do you think the effect of Katrina was on the music scene? It was more commercial,
2: it wasn't a vibe for shit that I was into, so um
4: Yeah, it was more like know. it was more know. like the extremes as far as like the spectrum goes. It was like bounce party, rap show, or big house nightclub EDM. Yeah, like club. Like you shit. know, like yeah. boom boom, like but like the EDM like no one likes. Like <laughs>
2: you know. they did have smaller pockets. they have they have guys before us that came and was popping shit off. But it wasn't like translated. Like I, in 05? No, we're talking that's about 05. I'm I'm that's what I'm saying. I'm talking like about Katrina, 09, yeah. That's
4: what I'm saying. It's like years, like gap. Because it's like Katrina was 05. I mean, granted, like like I said before, I was kind of away from the city for a while. And all of y'all were really like, young 12. around that
0: time, also. Yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. I was 13. Right. Yeah. I was 17, so. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Who is all in the Pink Room Project because y- y'all have people in in the crew that do a little bit of all everything. Type so types of shit. we collective.
2: Renaissance. Uh, Renaissance uh, man.
0: Brandon product. Or, tell
2: name everybody. <laughs> yeah, we
4: got, you know what I'm saying? Shout out Free Trial. Shout out, we got Rick 50 in the building. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so like, yeah. Me, me, and, me and Free Trial, we do like the radio show uh, which is Pink Radio. So that's like a branch. Shout out Johnny. Thunderfuck. He'll play, like, the SoundCloud rapper who got, like, 200 followers. Um, quick Weave. He's got, like, a terabyte hard drive of, like,
2: Random house. deep house yeah.
4: pockets from, like, Miami. He's got, like, records that, like, date from, like, 78 that you can only get on vinyl. Right. He has digitally, like, right. on a hard drive all the way to, like, now. And then, you know, Cav is, like, definitely, like, world DJ, like, open format. I mean, Rick makes... Clothes, yeah, weird. he's popping right Rick,
0: now. Rick, if you could talk about like how, <laughs> how you got into the group, I thought that was interesting because when I was down there, one thing that stuck out to me about your, your party and your events is that it seems like it's really reflective of what not only New Orleans is right now, but I just noticed a lot of mid to large cities in America just mm-hmm. moving in that direction as far as this mesh of locals. And you might have some hood dudes, you might have some art school kids, you mm-hmm. might have some. Some frat university looking types because it was like some LSU kids that rolled up in there. But, but Rick, your your story is kind of perfect for the situation because you were telling me that you kind of got stuck in New Orleans by mistake <laughs> and ended up. So yeah, cause if you could talk about like getting how your path to New Orleans started.
3: Yeah, well, so basically, I'm from Seattle. I grew up there, and uh, me and my friend, like around last summer, last fall, 2016. Right? Yeah, yeah, 2016. We uh, decided we wanted to drive around the country and just find somewhere new to live, go towards New York. Just kind of had this idea that everything would just work out in some random ass way. And so we put a bunch of work into this old ass truck. It's 1977 like Ford F-150, shout out Mr. Mike. <laughs> Fucking blessed us with the with the, dr- the drift mobile. So we drove all the way around and we ended up in New Orleans and uh, I wouldn't say we got stuck there in a negative way we got kind of sucked into like the vibe of the people and kind of a lot of stuff that was going on that we caught a glimpse of and um also did run out of money for sure (laughs) but but we had a split option where we could have gone farther or stayed and we decided to stay and after a couple weeks i met yves who um at the time i just started working with on his food truck so we would just be hanging out every day doing random shit and Cav would always pull up in his truck and eat some food and just talk and we'd always like kind of hang out.
0: So what it, what is it about New Orleans that that kept you? Because I talked to quite a few people mm-hmm. while I was down there who aren't natives to the city, but yeah. kind of spoke to this gravitational pull. So what what
3: was the reason you stayed? There's just like a very genuine vibe of the people that they aren't really putting on a front or any sort of like like. You know fake anything people are just true to themselves and seem like they're just gonna do them no matter what
0: and eves if you could talk about what your role is in the collective too, because when I was down there, I noticed um that you were kind of documenting everything that was going on at the party, and then you told me that you had the food truck, and I was like. I didn't expect for that to be part of a music collective or deal with a food truck. So, like, if you could just kind of talk about, like, how you became part of the group, and that speaks to it being a community more, in, in my eyes, that you could be a part of it and not even make music.
2: To keep it real focused, Vez put me on a lot of music, like, just in general, like, just being around them. So it's like... That's my dad's uh, doing, my parents, really. <clears throat> I grew up in the French Quarter. I grew up in New Orleans, and... uh I was I mean, being Latino you always have and in New Orleans you always have food around you, you know, you have music, culture. Um, so me and my me and my father opened a restaurant four years ago and then me and Cav became friends and uh he loved food, so I guess he probably <laughs> probably why he really, really fuck with me every day. <laughs> But I've always I've always been into uh film, movies, um, photographs, any documented anything. Um, so that's why I, I like I'm very passionate about like documenting it. Because if not, then no one will.
0: If you guys could kind of speak to the reception that you get from the community, not people that just do music, but just people that come to your events, why do you think the Pink Room is valued so much? It's a
2: safe space, I guess. Um, It's a space where people feel comfortable. It's a space where people feel like they're welcome. And it's a space where they could do shit they normally don't do. Like you know what I'm saying? Like they got, like you said, they got hood kids dancing into some random ass house track. You know what I mean? Like, and then we, and then we got the house kids or the, the god kids turning up to uh, to ASAP So it's just that, that 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 dynamic and that balance that people need, but it's not there. So when we give it to them. They thirsty for it. They hungry for that shit. They need that shit. So it's like.
4: I just feel like with the weight of like society right now, like. It's just so much going on, like, it's a lot of, like, tension Like, like when we throw those parties, I felt like it was church Like, it was, like,
0: yeah. people were, like,
4: being freed Like, motherfuckers <laughs> jumping around, jumping off shit Like, it was just, you know what I'm saying? Motherfuckers would do all type of shit Like, you know, it just, it just gets that
0: energy Nothing stops the party in New Orleans because that last night I was there That's when that flood happened And I was scared oh, yeah. as hell Like I told I was you texting, right. I was texting Brad I'm like yo Is this normal Like Yeah you was stuck at uh, Willa I G's. was uh, I was stuck at Willie Mays <laughs> was, Yeah Willie I Mays. was stuck Mays. at Willie Mays And the, oh, the water Mays. And the water started Actually flooding the restaurant While I was <laughs> in there eating Like oh, we had to shit. We had to go yeah. to the Second floor of the restaurant But then the water Started coming in The yeah. second floor so it's like cords plugged up. I'm like, shit, I'm about to get electrocuted. Like, <laughs> I can't, like... But I'm looking outside, and some people just, like, walking in the water, like, yeah. knee, knee deep, and there people on canoes. And But I got scared because I started asking the people in Willie Mays, was this normal? And they were like, no, nah, i never seen anything like this. Nah. Like, from straight up rain. How do you see the future of New Orleans when y'all have to constantly worry about these type of natural disasters? Oh. Like, I mean, that wasn't a disaster, but that wasn't normal. No, like, that, you, that
2: wasn't normal. Um, to be real with you, I think they're going to fix it because they got too much money to lose. I, I And honestly, the future of New Orleans, they're going to keep the future of New Orleans because the tourism is just popping. Like They're not, they not going to lose that money. The only thing I see killing New Orleans is if, if we just flood Another uncontrollably yeah. and the city just get wiped out. But as far as like the city trying to continue to keep it going and keep the money flow going, I mean, they're going to keep it popping. The French Quarter never floods. So, you know, you got to just learn how to deal with it and, right, yeah. you know, maneuver around that. We still threw a party that night.
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah, I was talking to a guy when I was down there and he was saying that uh, Louisiana loses... A football field of land, like every couple hours. Yeah. Golf. Have you ever drove in? You got to go over swampland to get there. Yeah. You got to
2: go over swampland for like thirty minutes. It's all just swamp and dumb shit. You can't even build on it. You know what what I'm saying? so Thirty minutes to get in. In the middle of New Orleans is just, it's just the land that it is. And if it rains, you know it's a bowl. You know, surrounded by. Yeah. A bowl of eggs. (laughs) Bowl of eggs. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, but before
0: before I let before I let y'all go, I. If, if you all could kind of just speak to what what you hope the Pink Room's legacy will be, you know, 20 years from now when, when young people can look back and, and see, like, this was going on in New Orleans in, in the 2010s, because that's what it's going to be. It's going to be the 10s. It's going to be the 10s. Yeah. It's going to be the 20s. It's going to be the 30s. Right. I appreciate y'all, you know, making it up here to New York.
1: The Vice Magazine Podcast is a production of Vice Media. This episode was produced and edited by Sophie Kazis. For more info on the podcast or how to subscribe to the magazine, visit vice.com. And be sure to subscribe to the Vice Magazine Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Acast, or any podcast app that you use. Leave us a rating and review and let us know what you think. I'm Ellis Jones, and I'd like to give a special thanks to Lawrence Burney, Little Jodeci, Brandon Ares, Rick Fifty, and Yves. We'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks for listening.